0: All right, we got the Lord has a great word for us. <laughs> Every word from the Lord is great, right? And I hope I do a good job of encouraging you and challenging you at the same time. Sometimes that's a difficult balance. Um, but I trust in the Lord. I'm going to give you a couple different quotes, if you will, from Tony Evans. You may know Tony Evans, a preacher and an author about the body of Christ. He says, God, God didn't put a hand on your wrist so your wrist could look good. He didn't put a a foot on your ankle just so you could have something dangling. Every part of you was prescribed to accomplish a function. A non-functioning, non-contributing body part is something that you would have checked by a doctor because something's clearly wrong. Hmm. He also says this, a little bit more pointed, if you will. He says, symbiotic growth is the growth that occurs between two organisms where both organisms benefit. Parasitic growth is growth that occurs in one organism because it's feeding off another. Christians must ask themselves how they are functioning in the organism of the body of Christ. Am I a spiritual parasite? Tony Evans writes, sing to me, preach to me, pray for me, counsel me, help me, but expect nothing from me. That is a parasite. Parasite. A Christian interested in symbiotic growth says this, Yes, I have needs, but I'm willing to give too because everyone needs to benefit. That's the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we want to have a symbiotic relationship that we can be pleasing and blessing to You and be pleasing and a blessing to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Lord, continue to shape us to where that becomes true. Truer today than it was yesterday. Truer tomorrow than it is today. Lord, have your way with us this morning. It's in your mighty name we pray." And everyone said, "Amen. Whoo. Good stuff. So we're in Ephesians chapter four. Last week we were in verses one through six. Today we're in verses seven through 16. And at verse seven, Paul, he shifts. He shifts from what all Christians have in common to now how Christians differ from one another. Let's read verses 1 through 6 real quickly first to prepare ourselves for 7 through 16, okay? He writes in verse 1, "Therefore, I Paul, a prisoner of the Lord, I implore you to walk in a worthy manner, because you've been called to that, with all humility and gentleness and patience and tolerance. Be diligent to preserve the unity that's what we have. That's how we're the same, this unity of the Holy Spirit that lives within inside each and every one of us." There's one body, there's one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Amen? Amen. And so at verse 7 then, Paul starts discussing, within that unity, he starts discussing a variety and individuality within this unity of the Spirit. And so church, we need to understand that a huge part, when it says in verse 3, remember this from last week, be diligent to preserve the unity a huge part in preserving the unity is having a clear understanding that we have variety. Right? We can't preserve the unity unless we understand and appreciate and pray for and tolerate that there's also a variety. Amen? God has given each believer at least one spiritual gift. At least one. I'm still looking for mine, but I'm sure it's there somewhere. That was a joke. Let's turn quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A little bit to your left. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. A little to your left. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 4. And you're going to see in verse 4 the Holy Spirit, in verse 5 Jesus Christ, and in verse 6 God the Father, the Trinity. So in the variety you see the unity of the Trinity. Verse 4, there are varieties of gifts, but it's the same Spirit, church. Hey, there are varieties of ministries, but it's our same Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one of us, every person sitting here, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good of the body of Christ. There's a reason for it. The gifts that God has given us are to be used to build up or edify, same word, the body of Christ for the common good. So we must also make a distinction between spiritual gifts and natural abilities. Many of us have natural abilities. Perhaps God's given us a natural ability maybe in mechanics. That's not mine. Or they're artistic. That's that's not me either. Or maybe they're athletic. I thought that was me. Or, or, Or music. Clearly not me. Perhaps some of us have those gifts more than others. But in the spiritual realm, because that's the, that's the natural realm, in the spiritual realm, each believer is gifted by God. Each of us is gifted by God. Each and every one of us. In this gift is a God-given ability. Listen, it's a God-given ability to serve God and others in such a way that Christ is glorified and believers are edified. This gift that each and every one of us have is given to us by the Lord. He's given us a gift to serve God and to serve others in such a way that Christ is glorified and believers are edified. I didn't do this last night and I should have. I just want to hit pause. If you're not sure what that looks like for you, where I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. Email the office or talk to Pastor Rob. And we'll get you hooked up. There's all kinds of spiritual gifts, assessments, and then you can see what your spiritual gift or gift themes are, and, and then what ministries that might come alongside that so that you can exercise the gifts that the Lord has given you. Amen? Let's read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 16. You guys ready? But to each one of us, grace was given. Oh, praise be to God. To each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says that when He ascended on high, He led captive a host of captives, and He gave gifts to you and I. Now this expression that He ascended, what does it mean except that He also descended into the lower parts of the earth? And He who descended is Himself also He who ascended far above all heavens, So that He, in this gifting, so that He might fill all things. That things will be complete as He gifts you and I. And so He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine but, and by the trickery of men and by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up into all aspects into Him who is Christ, the Head, from whom all of us, the whole body, is being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working Of each one of us. And it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Wow. Those are some packed verses, church. So let me give you the outline. In verses 7 through 10, our first stanza, it's about being gifted. That there's a gifting that's taken place in those four verses. Something happened to each one of us. We have a gifting from God Almighty. And with that gifting, we are to be serving. That's what it says in verse 12. That we're to be serving in that gifting. Why? So that we can be attaining, which is what verse 13 talks about, the maturity of Christ. And so there's a gifting so that we're all serving, so that we're all attaining. And the result of that is we're no longer children, but we're now adults in the faith. Amen? So, let's go into our first Stanza, this gifting. Let's reread Ephesians 4 7 through 10. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? And he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all heavens so that he might fill all things. Let me quickly reference this whole thing in verse 8 about him ascending and leading captive a host of captives. Verse 8 references Psalm 68. And the essence of the, the psalm is that a military conqueror or a military victor has the right to give gifts to those who are identified with him in his victory. And so Christ, having captivated sinful people by redeeming them, is victor, is the conquering king. And so He gives us gifts. And then He gives them as gifts, us, as gifts to the church. So as conquering king, He gives us gifts, and then He gives us as gifts to His church. And that's why the church shall always prevail. Let's look at verse 9. This expression that He ascended, what does it mean except that He had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? In context, this refers to Christ's death and burial in the grave. In His death, Christ had victory over sin and redeemed those who would be given as gifts to the church. So, the first thing in this stanza, verses 7-10, through the first thing I hope we all see is this simple fact. Verse 7. That to each one of us, grace or a spiritual gift or gifts was given. To each one. Isn't that what verse 7 says? But to each one of us, grace was, giving, was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us. Not one of us here is excluded when it says each one of us. Every one of us. All of us. So a grace was given according to Christ's measure is what verse 7 says. Each one of us a grace was given according to the measure of Christ. That's verse 7. And this grace was given at the end of verse 10 so that he might fill all things. He knew exactly what to give us so that he might fill all things. So all things would be perfect. All things would be complete. He gives all gifts according to his measure so that we as a church will be full, will be complete in the eyes of God amen so the first one that he he's given gifts according to Christ's measure according to Christ's measure listen this is just another way of saying it we are each given a grace each of us is given a grace the grace is a gift from god not only do we have a grace it's a gift from him and the gift is measured It's like being fitted for a tuxedo or a dress, I suppose. It's measured. God knows exactly the right gift to give to His church and to His people. It's measured. The Lord knows each and every one of us and He has gifted us in a measured way. That means it's very specific, very thoughtful, very purposeful. And so I ask you, how are we stewarding His measured gift for each and every one of us? If He measured you just perfectly, how are we stewarding that measured gift? It's a good question for us, isn't it, church? He knows what he's doing. He measured the gift, he's given us that gift for a very specific purpose. How prepared are we to answer the Lord's inquiry about how we are exercising the gift that he has given us? How prepared are we to answer our Lord's inquiry about how we are exercising this grace in this gift? And so the other reason that He's gifted us is so that He might fill all things. That's what the end of verse 10 tells us. So it's not just we exercise Him because He's given it to us. We exercise Him so that we can fill all things. So that He can fill all things through the church. A big role in Jesus' headship, in His leadership, is giving to each member in the body so that all might be filled, which is what verse 10 says. Our God knows what He's doing. Our God knows what He's doing. Things are not filled. Things are not filled, therefore, unless we all do our part. He's gifted all of us so that all things can be filled. So things are not filled if we're not doing our part. Whether we like it or not. Hey, look. Not every part of my job do I love. But every part of my job, I understand, is what God's gifted me for and challenged me to, and so I do it with joy. Do you get what I'm saying? And so there's a challenge to that. I get that. Thank you for praying for me. You guys are so good. That was our first stanza. Let me give you the second stanza, this serving, right? So that was our gifting. Now what about this gifting? Well, we're to serve. Let's read Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And so He gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Why? For the work of service, so that the body of Christ is built. We know this verse that I'm going to show on the screen. Go ahead and put that up. Jesus Himself said this, He goes, Hey look, it's not this way among you or amongst us, My followers, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for many. At the essence of what it means to be a Christian is to be a servant. That's what Christ just said. And so He gifts us. We love the gifting. But what comes next is the serving. Because that's where we fully understand what it means to be Christ-like. It's just like the marshal saying, you know, we're, we're trying to find those boundaries because we, we know we're, God's gifted us and He's called us to do something, but we're trying to establish those, those boundaries so that we can be obedient and, and still have a healthy a personal life. It's just tricky. I get that. So let's talk about a couple things here in these verses. Let's talk about the prereqs, the prerequisites and then the post results. The prereqs and the post results. First the prereqs. Look at verse 11. Verse 11, you got these these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And so in verse 11 the Lord provides certain roles for leaders. The Lord provides leaders, right? In verse 12, the Lord provides saints. You got you got leaders and then you got laity. Right for the equipping of the saints. So the Lord provides certain roles for leaders and the Lord provides certain roles for laity or shepherds and saints, however you want to say it. And so the prereq there is that we need to be obedient leaders. The Lord's going to provide leadership. We as leaders need to be obedient. And the Lord's going to provide laity or saints. And you as saints need to be obedient. We we both have to do our part. That's the prereq. That we need to be obedient leaders and obedient laity. Why? Verse 12 says, for the work of service. So you need obedient leaders and obedient laity or shepherds and saints for the work of service. We need to be obedient. We need to understand our role. So that's the prereq. And what that tells me is that I'm not one ounce more obligated than you are in how I'm gifted. I'm not one ounce more obligated than you are. That's what this scripture tells us. We're all obligated to understand our gifting and to serve accordingly. Now the post-results are at the end of verse 12. That once we do this work of service, it will build up the body of Christ. That's the post-result. The building up of the body of Christ. This building up hinges upon everyone. This building up as Christ has ordained it, hinges upon everyone doing their part. Grab an oar. Isn't that what they say? Or grab a shovel. The building up hinges upon everyone doing their part. Somebody's got to go to UC Santa Barbara. Somebody's got to go to Santa Barbara Community College. I'm glad it's not me. You know, right? The building up of the body of Christ hinges upon everyone doing their part. So I ask you, what is your part? What is your work of service? Do you know? If the Lord were to ask you, how are you building up my body? How would you respond to our Lord? And so the purpose of all of those listed in verse 11 is to equip the saints for ministry. It's to equip the saints for ministry. To give the saints stability both doctrinally and practically. We talked about that last week, right? Doctrine and duty, word and walk, riches and responsibility. To give the saints stability both doctrinally and practically, which leads to mutual edification. Our third Stanza, attaining, attaining. Look at verse 13. So once we understand our gifting and once we're serving, we do that until we all attain <laughs> to three things. And it starts with the word "to." The first one, to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That's the first one. To, the, to a mature man, that's the second one. And to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I don't think I did. That word attain means reach. To reach. Until we all reach those three things. in that word reach, it has a, 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 like a destination. Like God has a destination for us to attain. God wants to take us somewhere. And he spells it out. And it's the maturity that's found in Christ. To be Christ-like. And so oftentimes, I think I might have mentioned this last week, it's like, oh, what's God's will for my life? Here's one of them. That's one of God's will for your life. Until we reach, and then he lists those three things in verse 13. Let me give you another example before we press forward. Let me, I shared this with Gilbert Nunez, I think, a week or two ago. We were talking about God's will. Throw up that 1 um, Thessalonians verse. Yeah. Look at this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give Thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, yeah, yeah, but what, what, but what kind of car should I buy? What kind of house should I live in? You know, that stuff's not real clear. All through Scripture, there's lots of things that are clear about God's will. We see it here in Thessalonians, and we see it here in Ephesians 4:13 that God wants us to attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of Jesus Christ to become mature to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Amen? God's will is laced all throughout Scripture. Sometimes it's just not what we're looking for. And so I'd say here in chapter 4 of Ephesians that the Lord makes this body of Christ stuff pretty clear as well. He makes this body of Christ stuff pretty clear for us. More clear than our careers, where we should live, what car we should buy, or what college we should attend. And so I ask you, what does the Lord want for your life? Well I'll tell you out of this scripture here, he wants you to attain and to reach your destination, which is Christ likeness. All of us are to attain that. You see that qualifier in verse thirteen? Until most of you attain, what does it say? Until we all attain. Until we all attain. That's the qualifier. All of us. It's God's will that all of us reach our destination of Christ's likeness. All of us. It's the same qualifier in verse 7. That's why He's given each of us a grace. Each of us are given a grace. All of us are to attain maturity. And that happens as we serve one another, as we fill up one another and build one another up. Amen? Our fourth stanza, this resulting. Let's read 14, 15, and 16. As a result, we're no longer to be children. And it's interesting. He goes into doctrine stuff, right? Tossed here and there by waves and, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects from whom the whole body, which is from Christ, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each part that Christ put and it causes the growth or the edification of the body. And so I think these results are fascinating. Only by, this is what all this, how, how all this fits together. Listen, that only by serving, which means ministering, within the body of Christ can we fully gain maturity. There's no other way. We can't really even understand the doctrine of Jesus Christ fully unless we're serving like Jesus Christ to even understand what that means. When we realize that we're each given a gift and we use it to serve one another, we attain a unity of the faith and a true knowledge of Christ. We attain maturity. We attain Christ-likeness as we serve and as we understand our gifting. And so as a result, as verses 14 and 15 tells us, as a result, we're, we're no longer children. We are now grown-ups. And I love that. We're no longer children where it says that we're tossed here and there by doctrine. And so I find it captivating that outside of our gifting and our serving, this is what it's saying, what Paul's saying, outside of our, our gifting, And outside of our serving through that gifting, we are susceptible to every wind of doctrine, to trickery, to craftiness and deceit. Because we don't fully understand how doctrine works unless we're serving as Christ served. But it says we are to grow up, verse 15 says, into all aspects into Him. Are we doing that? Are we growing up into all aspects of Christ as we understand our gifting and as we serve one another? I believe that we cannot grow up in all aspects into Him without understanding our gifting and, of course, serving accordingly. We can't. We can't fully understand the doctrine of Jesus until we begin to live out the doctrine of Jesus. Amen? So let me wrap up with this, and then I'm going to invite the worship team up, and, of course, if you need prayer, our prayer team will be available down here to my left. Let me close with this. We cripple, we cripple, or maybe a little softer, we hinder, but we we cripple or we hinder the body of Christ of which He is the head when you and I fail to discover, develop, and deploy the gifts that He's given us. We cripple or hinder the body of Christ of which He is the head when you and I fail to discover, develop, and deploy the gifts that He's given us. It's a heavy word, isn't it? Listen, it's the last thing I'm going to say and then I'm going to pray. Paul, Paul never emphasized self-growth. Paul never emphasized self-growth. He emphasized body growth. Paul never emphasized personal growth, self-growth. He always emphasized body growth. We are the body of Christ. We'll grow individually as we grow as a body. It's the way it's meant to be. We can be wonderful, and and Pastor Rob talked about this I think last week, when we're on our own. But we become Christ-like when we're part of the body of Christ and we serve within the body of Christ. Amen? You guys come up. I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank You so much for this incredible morning. To understand more fully what it means to be the body of Christ. Lord, some things we do really well, some things we need to do better. But You love us through it all. You're so gracious and patient with us as You continue to mold us and shape us into Your image as the body of Christ. Lord, help us to understand our role. Help us to understand our gifting. Challenge us, Lord, in the ways that we can serve You and serve one another for Your glory and for the edification of one another. It's in Your mighty name we pray. And everyone said...